Hello there, and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. My name is Richard Frankowitz, and I'm the Youth Director here at Sardis Fellowship. This week, Pastor Tim Voth shares the next message in our Family Matters Sermon Series. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! And so, we've been going through a sermon series called Family Matters, Bringing Your Best, and I'm Tim, I'm the Community Life Pastor, uh, if I didn't mention that already. So, Family Matters, Bringing Your Best, and we're going to be talking uh, this morning about parenting. So, parents, we're going to be talking with you, um, but I trust that if you're not a parent, um, that there will still be something here for you this morning. Um, but parenting, you might think, why, why talk about parenting? Parenting is so easy. It's so simple. Why spend a sermon talking about parenting? Well, for some of us, it is slightly challenging and complex. So, um, this is me and my family. That's my wife, Jenna, in the middle. Um, and I've got four kids, ages two, four, six, and eight. Um, and so if you've ever wondered, whose adorable kids are those running around? Those are mine. You've, pro- you've probably more realistically thought, whose rascals are those running around with permanent marker all over their legs? Those are mine. Those are my kids. If you see them running around, that's, that's them. Uh, I take partial responsibility for them. Um, but... But yeah, so that's, that's my family right now. It's a busy, chaotic time. That's kind of the phase of life that I'll kind of be speaking out of. That's my experience up until this point. But like I said, I hope there's something here for everyone. And parenting, it's, it's challenging, right? <laughs> to put it lightly, understatement of the year. Uh, it has a whole wide range of things that we're called to be as parents. You wear about a thousand million hats and there's different seasons. You know, one moment you might be learning how to change diapers, learning how to put a kid to sleep. The next moment you might be having the best relationship of your life with one of these kids and having great conversations and there's so much joy and you're cheering them on as they're cheerleading, you're celebrating the, the decisions they're making that are great and then the next moment you're, you're scratching your head and you're going, why did you make that choice? And they're frustrating you and they're keeping you up at night and so there's this whole wide range of spectrum of what it might mean to be parents. You know, one moment they might think, how do you know everything? You're so smart. And then the next moment, I think you know what they think. <laughs> How do you not know anything? So yeah, there's a, there's a whole wide range of what we're called to be as parents. And with one kid, one thing might work. And you might understand how one of your kids works. But if you have more than one kid, um, it might not work with them. And then when you finally get it all figured out, guess what? They're, they age. And then you're in a new season. You have to restart it all again and figure it all out again. And so parents, there's a lot, a lot, a lot that it takes to be a parent. And I think we would all agree that it takes a lot of wisdom and prayer and faith to make it through being a parent. And there's many different seasons too, right? There's, there's really young kids, there's, there's babies, there's kind of my season of life, there's a bit older, then there's, there's empty nesting, and then, then there's grandkids. So there's a lot of phases of being a parent. And it takes a lot of wisdom and a lot of faith to actually make it through. Not only to make it through, but to, to do it well. And so I think what would make sense for me is in the thick of it, for us to take a step back and to just look at what's, what's the point of all this. Uh, our life group leader, Jeremy, asked us a really good question that we had a good conversation around a couple weeks ago. He asked the question, um, what is the goal of parenting? What's the goal? Pretty simple question, right? But I think if we take a step back and we just explore this question together, that it'll hopefully help us kind of refocus, realign, and... Um, and be encouraged on our journey and our God-given calling to be parents. And if you're not a parent, you're, you're in a room filled with parents. So at very least, you'll be able to sympathize with what they're going through and hopefully encourage them as well along the way. 
And so the goal of parenting, we're going to kind of look at that together. Um, and in order to do that, we're going to look to God's word. And so we're going to look at his word. You don't need advice from me on parenting. It probably wouldn't work. My kids are different than your kids, different season. But we're going to look to God's word to see what the goal of parenting is. But when you look here, you're actually not going to find advice either. You're not going to find, you know, how much screen time to give your kids. You know, it's not going to tell you when to start potty training. What God's going to give you is wisdom. He's going to give you wisdom from his word that you can apply to your life. And so we're going to look at his word in Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, it'll also be up on the screen. Um, And just a really quick context for Deuteronomy. Okay, God's people rescued from slavery, commandments in the wilderness, and then they are about to go into the promised land and they're kind of going through the commandments again. How is it going to look in the promised land to live for God? How is this going to look? And so they're right on the cusp of going into the promised land and I think we can glean some wisdom from them here. So Deuteronomy 6 says this. As we're looking at the goal of parenting. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your sons and your sons' sons, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your Father, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. And so if we just pause there, I think that this passage reveals kind of the parental heart of God. I think it reveals what he wants for his people. And I think as parents, it kind of, our hearts kind of mirror what God wants for us. I think in a really simple way, we want our kids to have a good life. Right? Just really simply. We want them to have a good, enjoyable life. And if you look at this passage, um, there's a few ways in their context that they would say this. Um, here, therefore, o Israel, that your son may keep me commands. Yeah, all the days of your life um, that you may have, that your days may be long. Okay, so in that context, that they may have a long life. We want our kids to have a long, enjoyable life. We don't want them to be making decisions that cut their life short. And when they suffer and, and a shortened life, maybe as parents, it grieves us, right? We want our kids to have a good, long, healthy life. Um, another thing that he says here is um, that it may go well with you. Just really simply, that it may go well with you. We want our kids to have good relationships. We want our kids to make good friendships, to be able to have, yeah, good, good relationships with people, to have enough to make ends meet. We want things to go well for them generally. We want them to multiply, multiply greatly and be in a land flowing with milk and honey, which that just means in their context, that would have meant that they had lots of goats and bees, which we want our kids to have lots of goats and bees. That's the goal. <laughs> Right? We just want them to be goat farmers. That's all we want for our kids. And um, apiarists? Apiarists, yes. Beekeepers, I think. Don't check me on that. Um, No, we don't want them to have goats and bees. We want them to have abundance. We want them to not be in abject poverty, right? If we're being honest, we want them to have abundance. We don't need them to be rich, but we want them to be doing well. And so we see God's parental heart for his people. He just wants them to simply have a good life And we want our kids to have a good life. But I think, if we're being honest, it doesn't end there. 
I think if we are believers in Jesus, we want our kids to have faith. We want to be able to pass on faith to our kids. Uh, we, don't, we don't just want them to have, hey, a good successful life, that's great, but not know the one who has actually given them life. We want to connect them to the author of their life so that they can have faith, so they can actually know their creator and have eternal life, right? I think that's what we want as believing parents, to pass on faith to our kids. Um, and there's a really interesting connection between those two ideas that I've been thinking a lot about lately, about believing in Jesus, trusting in him, and having a decent like a life, a life of abundance. And it's an interesting connection, and I think it's, some of the answer is found in this phrase here, um, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord that's found in verse two there, that you may fear the Lord. And I just want to go on a quick little side quest just to explore that idea for a bit and then we'll get back to Deuteronomy. So fearing the Lord, you hear maybe a lot about that in scripture. If you go to the book of Proverbs, there's this statement that you may have heard before. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think there's a progression there that's pretty simple. Fearing the Lord, if you have faith, then you'll have wisdom. And if you have wisdom, then you'll have a life that is, that is all right, that's good, that's glorifying to him, that's pleasing to him, uh, and that goes well for you. But the life has its tragedies, of course, and things happen, but in general, things will go well for you. So if we look at this phrase, the fear of the Lord, um, that idea of fear, it doesn't mean uh, I'm so terrified of God that I'm going to do what's good because I'm scared of him. That's not the Christian idea. Uh, the fear is more what we were singing here this morning. It's that idea of reverence, filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. It's that, it's that God is God, and he's holy, he's other, he's different. He is beyond. He's outside of space and time. It's this reverence for he is the creator, I'm not. He is God, I'm not. There's this fear there. But it's not just like this fear of this deity that's out there. The word Lord, if you ever see the word Lord all capitalized in your Bible, that's referring to God's name Yahweh, Yahweh, which he gives in, in the Old Testament to Moses, which means I am who I am. I am being itself. I am life. But it's this relational name. Yahweh is the one who makes covenants with Israel. Yahweh is the one who loves his people. Yahweh is the one who intervenes and cares for his people. So this idea of fear the Lord is like, have this awe and reverence and wonder at the God who loves you and made you and knows you, right? And if you're, if you're doing that, that's called the fear of the Lord. It's this relational, this relational term. So how is that the beginning of wisdom? I think if you have a reverence that God made this place, and God made me, then in order to, to follow him, if I walk in his ways, how he designed me and how he designed this world, that's wisdom. You know, I'm not God. I can't control what happens here. I'm not in charge of what's right and wrong. God is God. I want to follow him. That's called wisdom. Wisdom isn't just knowing a bunch of things. It's not just being wise. Um, it's actually like an integrated faith. It's believing in God and then walking that out in your life. And that's, I think, what we want as parents, right? I, don't, I think where my mind goes is I don't just want my kids to have a good life but not know God, but I also don't just want them to pay lip service to God and say, yes, I prayed a prayer and da-da-da, but I don't live it, I don't know him, I don't walk in it, right? We want both. I think as parents, we want our kids to know God deeply, to have a fear of the Lord, and then to walk in wisdom. And if they do that, then there's life there. That's the path of life, and I think that's what we want to guide them towards, and wisdom isn't just a bunch of rules. Um, 
it's more like a compass. You know, if you have a map, you know exactly where to go and how to get there. Wisdom is more giving your kids a compass. Here's principles, here's guidance. Because rules don't always work. Rules have their place, but they don't always work. Like if I think of an example in my life uh, with my kids, I could say the rule, you must share all the time. Okay, that's a rule. It sounds good, like share, share all the time. But I'll run a little scenario past you. Um, Let's just imagine that there was a toy in our house that no one has played with for like two weeks. Okay, it's just been sitting there. And one kid just, just grabs it. And they start playing. And immediately, the other kid's like, that's mine, I want to play with it. In that moment, is it wisdom to just share? Okay. And so any toy that your kid grabs, they have to pass on to the next jealous kid. Is that wisdom? Is that what we're trying to teach? Or are we trying to actually get down on their level and go, well, hold on here. You know, wisdom is, yes, it's good to share. Why? Because God loves us. He made us and he made that kid. And we want to be generous, right? That's a good principle. But how do we actually live that out? Can we teach our kids to set boundaries and negotiate and, right? Like we want to actually help our kids have wisdom so that they can live out God's calling in their life in the day-to-day. And that takes more than rules, but if we actually help them find wisdom, then it leads to to fullness of life, to life with God, and to life lived well with others. And so I think our role as parents is to guide kids um, to the path of life. And if if you stay in Proverbs for a bit with me, Proverbs 4 says this, Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I, the parent speaking, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. And so I think we have a biblical precedent as parents that we want our kids to be wise and to know God. That's That's up to you to guide them to that. That's your God-given responsibility and privilege to guide them to the path of life, to share wisdom with them. That's what we're called to. And I think from what I can see, our world, kids in our world, they need wisdom. Almost now more than ever. And, you know, not trying to be alarmist or anything, but there's a lot of worldviews and a lot of paths that lead to death in our world right now. A lot of ways of thinking that seem tantalizing and seem good, but they lead to destruction. And it's our role, parents, to guide them towards the path of life. I would say that's a decent goal, to guide your children towards the path of life. You know, there's like, there's the opposite of fearing God too. There's thinking, I'm God. I'm God. I know what's right and wrong. It's the garden all over again. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's saying, I get to determine what's right and wrong. Therefore, I'm going to walk in this way. But that leads to destruction. How much of a joy and privilege is it that we can guide them towards, no, 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 there's wisdom and life in Jesus. Go to him. That's our goal as parents. It's a God-given calling. It's immense. It's weighty. It's a privilege. So that's, that's what I would answer as our goal and what I think scripture shows as our goal. But what we can do as parents, I think, is, well, I mean, all of us, we can have good intentions and then things go a little sideways, right? We can have our intention, okay, it's my role to guide my kids towards Jesus, to guide them in wisdom, and to help them, right? But then that, that goes astray, and there's one proverb, to stay in Proverbs a little more on our side quest. Um, in the book of Proverbs, there's one proverb that I love. I don't know why I think it's so funny. But Proverbs 27, 14, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. 
I just think that's so funny. And it's so true. Like, I'm a morning person, and I know that my wife is not a morning person. And the amount of times that I have <laughs> tried to bless her in the morning, and it's just been taken as a curse because she hasn't had her coffee yet. Like, right? We can have good intentions. I think I like this too because I live in a, a strata with like tons of neighbors. And so the amount of times that I've tried to be like, hi ho neighbor, you know, and they're just like, oh my goodness, okay, go away. Um, so I'm learning, I'm learning. But like, you can be, you can have good intentions and it goes astray. And as parents, we can have good intentions. Okay, it's my job to lead my kid to Jesus. Okay, so I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. We're gonna have family devotions. We're gonna, and actually it can almost become a curse to our kids. You know, I was talking to someone recently who said that they, they never want to do family devotions with their kids because their experience at home was so rough with it. Uh, it was filled with frustration and it had to happen and it was strict and they had to be disciplined in the way of the Lord and catechized and they had, it's like, we don't want to do that, right? We don't want to have a good intention and then go astray and actually make our intention to lead them to life a curse. And so I think it takes wisdom to pass on wisdom. It takes actually being wise and listening to the Spirit to pass on the faith to your kids. It's not easy. It's a high calling. And so, um, side quest done. We completed it. Let's go back to Deuteronomy. Um, how do we do this? If that's our goal, guide your children towards the path of life. How? How do we do it? How do we do it in a way that's wise? I think the next part kind of illuminates some of that. So if we go to Deuteronomy, the next part, verse 4, it says this. Hear, O Israel. So, so this part um, was actually called the Shema, uh, and Jewish people have been praying this prayer for thousands of years. Shema just means hear, and it means hear, hear. It means like hear, and don't just hear it, but obey it, follow it. So the Shema, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so when I think of, of the goal to lead our kids towards the path of life, and I think of how, what I see here is, is some of the how. And what I see here is a parent that is present. I see a parent that is there to walk with their kids, to talk with them, to sit with them, to lie down, to rise together. I see a family that's present together. And so I think one of the main hows to passing on the faith is to just be present. Parents, be present with your kids. And I get that this is not easy. I get that we live in a world in a day and age um, that's very expensive. <laughs> and often, you know, there's maybe a single parent trying to work and make ends meet, or sometimes even both parents have to work to make ends meet, and kids in daycare, and I get that it's challenging. I get that it's a struggle, and I get that we need to work. And work is just one thing. There's all sorts of things that can fill up our lives and crowd out just being present with our kids. So what I, would, what I would ask us all here, parents, is are you being present with your kids? And as you look at your life, as you assess your life and think, what are the areas of my life that take up time? Maybe it's work. Are we working more than we actually have to? 
Are we working towards the, the wrong end? And can we actually scale that back a bit? Make some margin so that we can actually be present with our kids. Are we doing that? You know, there's other ways. We can be present. So maybe we've carved out time and we're, and we're present with our kids. You know, not everyone works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are ways, there are going to be times where you're present with your kids. But when we're present, are we present? You know what I mean? Are we actually there? Um, these things, these are little rectangles, portals of death that suck us in to another land and take away our life, okay? Just throw these into the ocean, okay? They're, they have their good functions, but I've had it so many times where I'm, I'm hanging out with my kids, I'm trying to be present, and then I get a text or I, I want to check something on whatever new social, you know, it's like, and I pull out my phone and there's like a miracle happening in front of me and I'm like, ooh, just sucked into, I know, just someone liking this post. It's like, it's so crazy that we get lost in our phones. This is just one example. But our kids are playing and they want our affection, they want our attention, and we're just lost. Are we actually present when we're present? I think that's convicting for me, at least. And why? Why be present? Why does that matter? Why does it say, you know, when you walk, when you sit, when you stand, why be present? Because I think when we're present, it actually builds trust and it builds relationship with our kids so that they feel safe, so that they feel loved, so that they feel like they can actually ask you something. So they can actually talk to you, right? When, when we're actually just there, present, making eye contact, playing with them, spending time with them, they feel cared for and they feel like they can open up about things. And then you can do teaching on the go, right? Ongoing, teachable moments where it's not just our family devotional time, which if you have that, that's great. There's no knock against family devotional time, but on-the-go teaching really impacts where they're at. And so I'll, I'll give you one example just yesterday. Um, we, we try to carve out at least a little bit of time on a Saturday to be a family together, and so we were walking into the Shiem wetlands, which are beautiful, and we're just walking, we're spending a lot of time together, and then um, I'm walking with one of, my, one of my kids, and they asked me this really weird question. They're like, do you think God can be scared? I'm like, oh, interesting. And he's like, because like, if I jump out and say boo at someone, they didn't know I was going to do that, and so they're scared. But like, if I did that to God, God already knows I was going to do that, so he wouldn't be scared. And he already knows everything I'm about, about to say. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And so then we had this like, long walk and talk about like, can you scare God? And it went into like, do we have free will? And like, can we like, how does God know us? And, and can we trust him with our future? Because he's already in the future. And it's this cool conversation. I didn't plan it. It just was on the go. And I, I, I fail at this all the time. So this isn't boasting. It's just like being present. These moments happen, teachable moments. And so in our family, what we try to do, this isn't to copy and paste to you guys, but in this season of life, we try to carve out time at least one day a week to be a family, to just hang out. There's no agenda. We're just being together. Uh, we try to make family meal time really important. Uh, and I know it's chaotic, but we try to eat dinner together. And we try to pray together. I was just having a conversation with someone this morning here at church about the challenge of trying to pray with your kids before a meal. But you can get creative with that. You know, you can, you can do all sorts of different ways of praying um, before a meal. And also bedtimes. We feel like bedtimes, they really open up. But that's just us. Um, for you, think through what could it mean for me to be present with my kids? Can I do that? Can I carve out more time for that? So that's what I see here. If you're doing that, then you can have on-the-go conversations with your kids. The next thing that I see from this passage um, is an example of someone who walks the walk. 
So when I look at this passage, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. I see someone, a parent, who's just, who loves the Lord with all, of their, with all of their everything. They're just trying to love God the best that they can. And this phrase, you shall bind them, the commandments, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. This is symbolic. So they were supposed to bind them to their hands and to their foreheads because your forehead between your eyes, that's where you see. That's your vision. Is who God is, is everything about him guiding your vision of life? Are you following him, seeking him? And your hands, this is what you do. This is your actions. Are you living for him? Are you actually acting out the faith that you want to pass on to your kids? I think kids are pretty quick to pick up on hypocrisy and just shallow living You know, I was talking to someone um, the other day and they were talking about their upbringing as a kid and seeing their parents and and one of them was very adamant about teaching the Bible to their kids, but their life didn't align with it at all. And they're like, aren't you telling us to be patient and kind and and loving and caring and and nothing is lining up with what you're saying? Your actions and and your words aren't lining up. Kids can pick up on that. I think the best way to pass on the faith to our kids, to pass on uh, wisdom, is to actually be walking the walk, to be loving God, to be following him, and to actually be making him our aim and living it out. So if I could summarize, what's the goal of parenting? I think I could put it like this. The goal of parenting is to guide your children towards the path of life in wisdom and faith, by being present with a willing heart. Walking the walk doesn't mean being perfect. Far from it. That's impossible. Uh, We're going to fail as parents. Okay, I'm sure you're well aware of that. I know my own failures. I know my, my own weaknesses. It's not about being perfect. It's about walking the walk even in your failures. You know, if with your kids, can you say, hey, I missed the mark. You know, dad missed the mark on this point and, and I'm trying to follow God and, and I'm sorry. Like, can we do that with our kids? Can we walk the walk with them? So I think this is, this is the goal, to guide your children towards the path of life in wisdom and faith by being present with a willing heart. Now, I don't know how you're hearing this message. You might be hearing it and thinking, great, that's a good reminder. I'm trying to do that, and I want to live this out. Yes, thank you for the spurring on and the encouragement. You know, Time to go into my week and keep trying. You might be hearing it that way. Or you might be just hearing condemnation and, and just feeling judgment and just feeling like I'm not living up to this and I know it. Or you might be hearing this and maybe you're looking back on your life with regret and pain. You know, I, I could have been this more. I could have been more present. I could have been, I could have walked the walk more. You know, my kids aren't walking with the Lord. I don't know how you're hearing this. And maybe you're hearing this as somebody who's not a parent. But like I said, there's lots of parents around you who are kind of trying to do this and go through this struggle, how are you hearing this message? I think however you're hearing it, I think it's important for us to remember who we've been talking about is God, our Father. He's our parent. He is the one who has a parental heart towards us. He's the one who wants to guide us to the path of life. God is not an angry judge who is condemning you if you love him and you know him and you, and you want to follow him, he's the one who's the parent. He's, he's the one who's gracious. He's the one who wants to guide you and help you follow him. He's the one who's going to be forgiving and kind and just. 
He's the one who's gonna give you wisdom. And so if, if in this moment you're feeling like, well, I'm not wise, I don't know how to do this, I, I'm, I'm foolish, I'm failing in all these different ways, Proverbs says, wisdom calls out. It's open to anyone. If you feel like you're not doing well, wisdom calls out to anyone. It's there, available, ready for anyone. And in the book of James it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and he will give wisdom. So no one is too far off. If you feel like you've strayed and you're going down the path of destruction and you know, you're not being present with your kids like you ought to be, there's time. God wants to gently restore you and call you back so that you can prioritize him above all. The final thing that I want to say is just that this passage here isn't written to individuals. It's written to a community. And so if you look around, there's a community all around you of parents. There's a lot of parents here in this room. And as parents, we need each other. Okay, this isn't a solo mission. It was never intended to be that. Parents, we need each other. Uh, Something that we've tried to do is look to parents who are a bit ahead of us in a new season that we look up to and we just want to ask them, how are you doing? How did you do this? How did you raise your kids? You know, we also need peers. We need to be able to bounce ideas off of each other. So you have a community here that wants to help you be the best parent that you can be. And what's our role as a church, as staff? We can't actually parent your kids. That's probably a good thing. But what we can do is equip you and and help you. And so I just really quickly want to share one resource that I think is awesome that I don't think enough of us know about. Um, Our kids are learning right now in Sardis Kids, and they use a curriculum called Think Orange. Okay? The idea here is that the heart, the, the home is like the heart. That's where they learn love. That's red. Okay? The church is like the light of the world. It's yellow. Think orange. The curriculum tries to merge those. Think orange so that you're combining the the home and the church. And what they're doing down there is awesome. They're teaching your kids already a lot of amazing things. And there's this app that goes along with it called Parent Q. Be the parent you want to be. If you don't have this app and your kids are in that age, download it. Okay? I actually use this. I'm not just saying this. I actually use this and it's helpful. I'll just give you some screenshots. Okay? It gives you... um, your, your kid there, you can put their picture in, and then it tells you everything that they've been learning at church. It gives you videos and instructions, and it gives you their memory verse, and then it does exactly what we've been talking about in this passage. It does the Shema. It tells you morning time, drive time, meal time, bedtime, as you walk, as you sit, as you go. It tries to help you be a parent that's present and teaching as you go. And so I'd really highly recommend Getting that app, okay? Yes, there are many other, because we're all in different seasons. There's many other um, resources that we can give you, and we want to help you. Parents, I believe that God has called you. I really believe that. This is a God-given task to pass on faith and wisdom to the next generation, and you can't do it alone, and it's not easy. I know that, but God is your Father. He's with you. He loves you. He will use you. Does he only use us in our strength? Does he only use us in our strength? No. (laughs) Does he use us when we're weak and when we fail and when we need him? Yes. What is one of the wisest things we can do is be wise unto salvation, to know that we need help and to know we need saving. That's the wisest thing we can be and do. So to know we need help. So parents, you can do it. God is with you. And I want to just leave you with two questions. The first, can you think of one way in your coming week that you can maybe be more present? What's one way you can carve out time to be present with your kids? And two, what's one way that you can walk the walk in a way that you haven't been yet? Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are our Father, that you are holy, that you are amazing, and we are in awe of you, Lord, and we worship you. Lord, we want to fear you. We want to walk in wisdom on this, on this earth. And Lord, I just pray for parents right now. God, I pray that wherever they're at, whatever season, whatever stresses they're going through right now, that, Lord, you would just comfort them and care for them and show them the path of life. Maybe there's a specific struggle they're trying to figure out with their kids. How do I break through? How do I help them? Lord, would you give them wisdom for that? Would you give them guidance for that? And Lord, help us to be a church that does pass on the faith to the next generation. Help us to be a church that loves and supports parents exactly where they're at. Help us to each think how we can play a role in encouraging and in loving each other. And we just thank you for this moment and for your word, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day and God bless.